Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hi there, and welcome back to the show. It's Ben here. Nice to have you along with me. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with a very successful HR business leader. Michael Alexis is CEO owner of a business built for our time. It's a very cool virtual team building events company called teambuilding.com. Hi, Michael. Thanks very much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you. And whereabouts are you based? Uh, Currently calling in from just outside of Toronto, Canada. Ah, beautiful. Only good things I've heard from Toronto. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to diving into your story because it's a fascinating story you've got. Before I get into museum hack, feeding into teambuilding.com, do you want to give us some context about you and your background? Sure. Well, it all started on April 3rd, 1985. (laughs) Uh, Fast forward to college. I did an undergrad in business. After that, I went to law school uh, and did, in fact, become a lawyer. Worked at it for about two years, but I was never a happy lawyer. Uh, I wanted to have more flexibilities, more opportunities to grow um, in business in my career. So I returned, I left the legal profession, I returned to marketing. Um, Marketing is how I put myself through school. I did freelance work doing uh, content for popular bloggers. I did some media outreach, uh, different kinds of projects. So uh, returned to that, eventually joined uh, a then small startup called Museum Hack. I uh, worked with them for four years, uh, building the marketing team, helping to build the company. Uh, and then eventually last year, bought that company from the owner. Brilliant. So it was what a management buyout. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, wow. Tell us about Museum Hack, a very cool company. Thank you. Your Museum Hack leads unconventional tours of the world's best museums. Uh, and maybe I should annotate this for an international audience, the world's best museums in America. So we started <laughs> in uh, New York City uh, and eventually expanded to others, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C. What is an unconventional museum tour? Our guides are... Uh, actors, comedians, performers, uh, professors, nerds, and they would bring you into the museum for a two-hour fast-paced tour. Occasionally, we talk about kind of the styles of art and the brushstrokes, but really it was about the stories behind the art. We might go into a gallery, look at a painting, and say, hey, let me tell you about the guy that commissioned this painting because he was having an affair with the person in it or that they went to war or whatever would happen to be. Um, Our guides are so incredibly talented. Before, you know, before joining the company, I would go to a museum and I would power my way through the pottery collections, right? You kind of take a glance and then you move on. They can make those pieces of pottery, or at least some of those pieces of pottery, the most fascinating thing that you've uh, ever seen, especially (laughs) in a museum. So a very, very cool experience. So when did you buy the business and was the story behind that that brought about teambuilding.com? Sure. So I had joined Museum Hack back in, I think, 2015, uh, originally in a part 
time capacity kind of helping out with uh, different marketing projects that the founder had in mind, uh, eventually joined full time and then worked through. Uh, during that time, we also hired on a chief of staff who eventually became a COO uh, and eventually replaced the founder as CEO. Uh, her and I uh, got into discussions about what we wanted for our career growth, what we wanted to um, do. And we considered, oh, what if, you know, we did start another company? What if we didn't? What if we could buy the one that we already love? So uh, we put a proposal together and approached the founder. Um, we worked through the conversations. We worked through uh, the numbers, how to make it work great on all sides, uh, and eventually signed uh, on a whole lot of pages. There were a lot of documents that went into that. The actual transfer happened um, spring of last year. Uh, and then last year was a good one for us. The business grew. We um, were leading more tours than ever, uh, leading up through March of this year. And then COVID hit. And like a lot of businesses, we were crushed overnight. In about three days, our business went from around 250000 a month uh, as sort of stable, reliable income mm -hmm. to literally zero. Museums were closed. We couldn't lead public tours and corporate clients who would uh, bring people on tour with us to do team building and other types of corporate events, not only stopped coming in to book new ones, but uh, current clients started calling us up to cancel and ask for refunds. So it was a very, very difficult time. We made the decision quickly to transition to teambuilding.com and doing virtual events. And uh, I guess would be going into a much bigger story about teambuilding.com. Uh, what would you like me to share now? Yeah, we'll get into, into teambuilding.com in just a moment. I'm reticent to ask about how you felt at that time because it's pretty obvious it was a pretty terrible time, but how did it feel? Because there are so many people who are either listening uh, or people who've been on the show previously. When the COVID hit, it was devastating for so many businesses. How was it for you at that time? And then how did you find the strength to turn a corner? Sure. So, I remember as the business was uh, going down so quickly, my business partner and I went in for a hike at the time we were in the Canary Islands. And there's this uh, cool kind of cliff on the southern part of the island or a mountain that you can climb up. Nice. We uh, went on a hike that day. We got onto the mountain. We followed the wrong trail and ended up literally crawling up the side of this thing, steep angle, totally exhausting. Uh, I was cold, I was sweaty, I was tired. Uh, and I sat down and we sat down together and just looked out over the water and thought like, this is rough, right? It's a very, very difficult time for everybody, for us as business owners, for our team who were um, very validly concerned about stability and uh, what would happen with their jobs and roles. But uh, I'm maybe, I don't know if grateful is the right word, grateful that we were able to move on from that quickly. By the time we were coming down the mountain again, uh, we were back to positive thinking. I'm a relentless optimist and also have this idea that nearly everything is, we'll see, right? It's might seem bad, but we'll see. Maybe it'll turn around. Mm -hmm. Right now, our business is doing very, very well, I hope, and uh, believe that it will continue to do so. But We'll see, right? Yeah. Anything, anything can hit at any time, and we just sort of take it as it is and 
uh, roll with it. That sounds mm. that sounds like a, a little bit like athletes at the end of a sports game, right? It's like well, we'll, we'll take the punches and we'll roll with it. But it's kind of it's kind of true too. I'm confident that we'll uh, be able to take on anything that comes up. Sure. And just to be clear, this happened in the duration of going up and down a mountain. As in, you uh, turned a corner mentally. By the time you got to the bottom, you were feeling a lot better. Is that right? I think so. I mean, yeah. we were we were, we were feeling okay before the mountain. We were feeling okay after okay. the mountain. Okay. During the mountain, when we were when we were tired and cold, perhaps it started to uh, eke in that things might not uh, sure. might be more problematic. Yeah. And when you're describing the ascent and being a lot and sweaty and dirty and exhausted, I, you know, I, I I appreciate you adding a touch of glamour to the show. So thank you very much. But we um. <laughs> So let's turn to teambuilding.com. The word pivot gets thrown around in the tech world so much in the world of consulting, recruitment, diversity, inclusion, other facets or areas within the HR and consulting world, less so. But how did you determine upon this pivot? So I would not necessarily consider what we did a pivot. Okay. Like, so we, when, we, when we bought Museum Hack, we did have this kind of an eye in mind towards growth in the team building market. We didn't buy teambuilding.com in March of this year. Um, we got it last year. And so we had already built a site. We had already kind of made plans to continue growing in that space. Uh, and so I consider it uh, an evolution or a part of our growth. However, a part that might look a little bit more like a pivot is switching to virtual up until March. We had, we had done like a little bit of virtual work in the past, but it was such a tiny fraction of our overall uh, business and overall revenue. Um, now virtual is hundred percent. We haven't done a local event in months. Um, so it was a fairly, uh, it was a fairly direct, uh, fairly quick, change. Uh, I think one thing that we did really well was that we made the bet that COVID was going to last uh, a real long time. Uh, even in March, when some of the locations, the venues that we operated at were saying, oh, we're going to close down for two days or three days or a couple of weeks and then reassess, we said, this is going to be many months and we need to make a change. We need to um, redirect our operational efforts elsewhere. Uh, and we did, and we switched absolutely everything from, uh, we put the museum operations in hibernation mode, uh, and we put all of our people on energy towards making virtual work. Brilliant. So the staff themselves, were you able to transition people across and, and keep jobs? How did that work? Uh, the best we could. We did initially do uh, a round of layoffs. We didn't know how long uh, and how deep the impact to our business was going to be. And at yeah. least at the time, we didn't have work yet for our facilitator staff. Oh, uh, we did layoffs to stabilize the finances of the business and also to give them the opportunity to be able to apply for uh, unemployment benefits. We, uh, since then, though, have been able to hire back uh, and relatively quickly were able to hire back uh, everybody that wanted to uh, return. Some folks have moved on to other things. Um, and we've also uh, been able to hire on a lot of new people too. So uh, it's growth. Yeah, well done. Well done. So let's turn to the business itself. What do you actually do? 
Totally. So teambuilding.com right now leads virtual team building events for uh, organizations like Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, smaller companies too. Uh, we also work with nonprofits, educational institutions, government entities, etc. Examples of our events. One of the most popular is called Online Office Games. We bring everybody on a Zoom call. Uh, we do games and challenges, right? Trivia, games that you might think of as like a quirky Zoom version of Pictionary. We have one called Tiny Campfire. Uh, for that one, before the event, we send s'mores kits to all the participants. S'mores are these uh, tasty little like marshmallow, chocolate, graham, cracker, cookie sandwiches. Uh, traditional, I think, North American camping thing. You roast the marshmallows over a fire. Nice. Um, you make your little chocolate sandwich. And then uh, it, for the event, we send those out and then we bring everybody on a call. Uh, they actually roast the marshmallows over a little candle fire and then we play games, we tell ghost stories. Uh, besides that, we have murder mysteries, we have holiday events, we have uh, all kinds of stuff. We have Our website says we have 19 different virtual event types. There's a lot behind the scenes too with what we can do uh, and have done with customizations or variations on the current ones. So the number is probably more like 30 or 40 or maybe even higher. Yeah. And do you adapt the material to suit industries or customer types? So if it's Apple, do you talk about tech? Um, you know, when a, a company gets a comedian or a speech speaker in for their annual event, the speaker adjusts their talk towards that industry. Do you do any of that sort of stuff? Sometimes. We used to do it a lot more in the museum. We do a custom tour for Google, for example, and the tour would be about technology through time. Uh, we had one with a popular dating app where we looked at kind of dating throughout history and art. Um, <laughs> and those were, those were fun and those were a neat fit. With online events, we tend to do uh, less customization. Where it usually comes in is with trivia. Um, we do a kind of pure hour of trivia event where some groups want it to match their, sure. uh, maybe it's about their company history, maybe it's about their industry. Uh, and some small pieces to other events. But for the most part, folks are kind of happy and excited for the uh, yeah. the current offerings. Yeah, nice. Always employer groups or is it ever schools and, and other sort of categories? Yeah, we work with uh, universities and colleges in the US and around the world, nonprofits, uh, government entities, and some others. But I guess that covers most of the gamut. In terms of the growth of the sector, I mean, obviously Zoom just exploded. Are you seeing growth and would you expect that it would continue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a couple of things have happened. One is that as the pandemic has progressed, more and more companies have committed to it for the long term. We, in March, saw an enormous influx of interest. And at the time, I think folks were still hopeful that they would be able to get back to the office in a few weeks or even a few months and that they'd be able to do uh, in-person events, which are so valuable too, being able to be face-to-face. -face. Now that uh, folks, HR managers, uh, event planners, executive assistants, companies uh, and organizations are committing to remote work for the long term, uh, there's absolutely growth in uh, virtual events and uh, everything that's happening in the industry and space. Okay. And for someone listening to this, whether they're an HR leader or a consultant or a business owner, and they're wondering, oh, this sounds good. Why don't I just run a quiz ourselves? Why would they work with you guys and not just do it in-house? So one of 
the reasons is actually fairly simple and straightforward. We hear a lot of feedback from the people that planned the events with us that afterwards they were just so grateful that they could be part of the event too, that they didn't have to do the planning, that they yeah. didn't have to do the hosting, that it could just be passed off and that they could spend that time connecting with their colleagues. Because of course the HR managers are often, um, what would you call it? Almost like a, a, a pivotal point, yeah. right? Like a hub and, hub and spoke within the business that just yeah. connects so many other people. Uh, in addition to that, our people are incredible. Uh, a lot of the virtual event hosts do have similar backgrounds to the ones that we worked with at Museum Hack and the other in-person uh, event companies. They're actors, they're comedians, they're performers. They are so damn good uh, at what they do. And yeah. what they do is making sure that people are engaged and participating in the calls. We've all been on Zoom calls where you know people turn off their video and you're pretty sure they're they're browsing off to other corners of the internet, or <laughs> even if they are there, you can see that they're checking their email. When people are on our events, they are present, they're engaged, they're having a great time. One of my favorite pieces of feedback that we got from a very early event that we did, uh, the lady that came on it said afterwards, you know, for 90 minutes, I just forgot everything that's going on in the world right now. Oh, that's she great. Was, it was it's so meaningful for her and for us too, really. It adds, adds purpose to uh, everything that we do. And also, I think, gives a lot of credit and credibility to our hosts. Um, a small side thing, we usually have uh, a co-host there as well who manages all the technical aspects, which is nice to make sure yeah. it goes smoothly. And uh, as of today, I think we've hit nearly... 5,000 five-star reviews. So a lot of other folks are having a great time with us. Uh, I'm sure that anybody listening to this would too. Brilliant. Uh, So maybe that answers my next question of the issue of Zoom fatigue. Are you finding that's a challenge when you're trying to sell the service itself into companies? It can be, but what we do is so different than a regular Zoom meeting. So for example, we do uh, we do start everybody in the main room, then we put people into breakout rooms, we give everybody a chance to uh, talk and participate. For some of the events, there are uh, different types of participation too. For example, we might do trivia that incorporates elements of a scavenger hunt. It would go, um, you know, who, who was the Roman god of wine? And somebody would answer the question. Maybe they get the point. And if they do, hey, there's a chance for a bonus point. The first person to show a bottle of wine on screen wins. <laughs> and then everybody gets to get up away from their computer for a second, stop staring at the screen, uh, and helps alleviate some of the uh, Zoom fatigue that we hear about. Some of the events uh, are even further from uh, Zoom. We do murder mysteries where um, we send out uh, different elements like PDFs and uh, forms uh, and different game components that people can complete together, which is nice. And uh, similar for events like we have one called International Monster Hunter, where you're solving clues to track down a monster that's hide somewhere in the world. Brilliant. I love it. Look, a new product idea for you has just occurred to me that you could combine this with a health and safety audit and ask where the Greek god of wine was. And then whoever shows their bottle of wine very quickly, well, you know that they're drinking on the job. <laughs> so there's a new service for you. You come from a marketing background. I know you had the, the legal background, but you are strong on the marketing side. What are you doing to market and grow the business? Uh, a lot. I and mean, a lot happens behind the scenes. Uh, One thing that is very helpful is that a lot of folks find us organically. We have content out there about uh, virtual team building, about virtual happy hours, about virtual holiday parties. 
uh, people looking for those find us, uh, learn about our events and then get in touch. Um, we run ads, we do um, media interviews, PR, but increasingly more and more is coming from referrals. So yeah. somebody at a large company will do the event with us. They'll have 20 or 30 people on the call. They'll have a great time. And then they'll go back to uh, the other HR managers, the other event planners, whoever's at the organization and say, hey, this was incredible. You should get in touch. So, I mean, uh, over and over again, we have people that reach out and say, hi, Sherry referred me in. I'd love to do a tiny campfire too, or a gingerbread wars or whatever it would be. Brilliant. Yeah. So do you have a refer a friend program in place or is that something you might work towards? Because that can be quite effective. Yeah, so far, so far, no. We're fortunate that it's happened organically, but uh, there's a lot we're considering for the future. Yeah. And you mentioned advertising. I'm curious because people are also trying to advertise their own businesses. What works best for you trying to reach a corporate client? Do you go onto LinkedIn ads or is it Google and Facebook? So we've experimented with different ad platforms. We've done Facebook, we've done Google, we've done LinkedIn, we've done Twitter, we've done uh, Yelp uh, and some others. We prefer to put our spend towards Google um, because we find that for corporate folks, it seems to match the best. They're, they're searching during the workday. They find us during the workday and their kind of time and attention is towards it. If you're trying to reach folks on Facebook, it's their downtime, right? They don't want to be thinking about work. They want to be kind of connecting with friends and, and getting updates and looking what's going on. So yeah. uh, we prefer that platform. LinkedIn, it's possible, could be very effective. Um, we tried it years ago and uh, I found that whatever I did, I was just burning through money and wasn't seeing the results that I would expect. You're not the first. You're not the first. Brilliant. So if someone here listening to this either wants to work with you as in hire your company for virtual events to buy a, a package or something like that, or to refer people to you, what should they do next? So the easiest way would be to go to our website, teambuilding.com, fill out any of the forms on the site, uh, and very quickly we'll send you uh, a sheet with basic information about the events, the next steps, uh, and the prices as well. Uh, if you're somebody that doesn't like fill out Forbes, you can also just email info at teambuilding.com and somebody will uh, be able to help you very quickly. Brilliant. Well, Michael, I've really enjoyed this and I've loved hearing your story and I, I know the listeners have too. So thank you very much for sharing your time today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.